0: Today, Carol and I, as part of our sharing with each other, we want to return to the teaching that we did. Elder Maxine, you started touching on it, and so did you, uh, Pastor Madeline. Y'all always do that. Every time I ask you guys to say to say something, y'all always start getting into the message for that week. <laughs> and you did it again. Uh, we're going to <laughs> we're going to continue from where we left off last month, where we were talking about how to recognize the voice and the will of God, especially in uh, a, a critical time like this where so much is happening in our world. Not only are we in the midst of a, um, an ethnic battle, but we're in the middle of uh, an, an economic battle, but we're also in the middle of a war for the very existence of the United States of America, and that's why it's so important what what uh, Maxine just shared, because many protesters are finding themselves going out there, and next thing you know, there is a battle between uh, and and Antifa, white supremacists, uh, uh liberals, conservatives, and you're like, okay, I'm just out here because I'm pro, I'm wanting justice, and I have found myself. And this is kind of our personal view. Um, a lot of African-Americans march in the streets and then find themselves in the middle of a battle between white people. The one who was saying, let's overthrow America, and others who are saying, let's keep everything the same. And, uh, and so it's like, OK, we weren't out here for all of that. <laughs> we were just marching for social justice for us. And now other people have jumped into this and taken over and turn taking advantage. taking advantage of it. Opportunists and they've and like, okay, and our people, many. And, and if you're like us, you're seeing all kinds of posts for people who are on the ground with their phones and they're saying, Hey, this is not us. This is not us that's doing this as rioting. This is not us that's doing the looting. We don't know who these people are. They were bust in from out of town, and something else is going on. And that's why. As fast as uh, Maxine said, you have to be careful. You can only go out. You only go out if God is directing you. You can't go out there in your anger. Can't go out there in your emotions. And even the places, God, we believe God is so strategic that He even tell you which protest to participate in. You can't just say, "I'm going to the biggest one out there." No, no, where is God actually directing you to go, and when to go, so that you can get in express what you need to express and get out <laughs> um, same we have noticed the same pattern that happened when we uh, with Ferguson that's what that's the protest that we are most familiar with because that's our home and our family was in the middle of it we had family members right there in the neighborhood in the middle of it and they were telling us what was going on and what they saw and nobody believed them back during the Ferguson uh, riots and all of that and so nobody believed them And so for us, it's an answer to prayer, just to give you some perspective. Nobody believed the reports that are coming out now. They're not doing anything any different than what happened in Ferguson. So through prayer, we kept praying, God exposed what's really going on. God exposed what's really going on. So when this happened, something different happened. God exposed what's really going on. Whereas all the times before, you're usually catching the the brutality after the fact. But this time, God let the whole world see it while it was happening. And on this time, when the looting and rioting was going on, people caught the outsiders on camera.
1: Coming in.
0: They caught them. Caught and so the
1: bricks being set up.
0: Yeah. So we want to give you that perspective because they're going to feel like, As Elder Maxine was saying, we got to pray. Well, what's prayer going to do? Well, we're telling you what it does. What it does, because last time none of this got exposed and nobody believed it when it was reported. But this time, praying, 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 God exposed it, and so things are things went down differently this time, and now we're able to give people a word of caution, a word of wisdom, of don't get caught up in a whole nother civil war that's going on. I hate to just keep it on, you know, just say this is just white people's fight. Everybody's in the fight, but you don't yeah. want to be in the middle. I mean, you know that even One in school, fashions. even in school, when you are coming on in elementary school, you don't want to be in the middle of somebody else's fight. <laughs> and that's what's going on. Uh, and that has often happened through history where a particular group was protesting and others jumped in and hijacked the movement and turned it into something else. Uh, Dr. King was so much aware of that possibility that he used to have all of his protesters sign a pledge card. And they had to vow and promise that they would not retaliate, that they would not participate in any rioting looting, even when the police began to uh, do what they did, fighting and, and aggressive and the water hoses and the dogs. Dr. King had had required of all protesters to sign his pledge that they would not retaliate. And so uh, you have to understand that he was very much aware of the possibility of the movement being hijacked or being sabotaged. But today, people don't walk in that kind of wisdom. They don't even think that before we all go out there, we need to you know, really think about our strategy, what we're gonna do. There's some things we need to agree upon all collectively before we do this. And so without that happening, then that gave room for what's happening today and that others have hijacked this and turned it into something else. So we share that with you because it's going to be important that we learn how to recognize the voice and the will of God for us. This is a prayer that we always pray uh, when we uh, get together. We haven't done it the last couple of times, but I wanted to get back to it. It's on the screen, and I know you can't hear it. All hear each other but Carol and I will pray it and just right there where you are just pray along with us. Lord I pray that the word today
1: would find good soil in my
0: heart. I reject the thoughts of offense for the light of your word exposes my sin. I do
1: not take offense. I will change and turn to you my heavenly Father. I reject condemnation Your word says that Jesus did not come to condemn people. This word does not come to condemn me, but it comes to heal me. I reject accusation. Satan is the accuser of brothers and sisters. And this word does not come to accuse me or abuse me. This word exposes Satan and his lies. And I choose to believe and receive the truth. God says in his word, Blessed are my eyes, for they see, and my ears, for they hear. For many prophets and righteous men desired to see what I see, and did not see it, and to hear what I hear, and did not hear it. Therefore, I will hide your word in my heart, that I might not sin against or miss the will of God. Open my eyes, that I may see wondrous things from your
0: word today. Thank you, Lord. But in this very moment, Chris and Carol, decrease, that you would increase so that the words that we share won't simply be from our personal experience or out of our opinion, but will indeed be only what you want said and only what you want done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So let's talk about recognizing the voice and the will of God. I want to just uh, share with you something that uh, we Uh, that God gave me, actually back in 2016, to help people understand what part of what's going on. And this is directly connected with the need for wisdom. Um, Of course, we're in the midst of social revolution in America. And and so I wanted to just paint a picture for you of what I call five levels of social justice uh, protesters are protesting because everybody's not on the same page page, and everybody's not seeking the same results. So level one is where most of us are. And that is the level one protesters are persons, they've had a negative personal experience uh, and they've got a concern for future encounters. And they tend to be peacemakers looking for unity and agreement. That's what really most people are. Uh, and they're and the way that they respond, you see the column to the right, they may or may not demonstrate publicly, and they really prefer to express their views, maybe in a public forum. If they do, they want a kind of a formal setting that they can do that, or in a private conversation like what we did yesterday, just responding to a white family saying, would you come and answer the questions of our son? Um, so that's the level one where well, you just, uh, you're you more of an educator, just making people aware who may not know uh, what your life has been like. Um, and then level two is that person is, they're not just simply wanting to share their experiences, they're looking for changes in public policy and laws. And they, they tend to be looking for a peaceful resolution. They're not looking to go to war over it. I just want, we need to make changes in the law. And so what they'll do is, Like what we've seen, people will demonstrate publicly in marches and rallies and even participate in civil disobedience uh, acts like what happened in civil rights time. uh, Rosa Parks, uh, people boycotting the bus systems in Memphis, this long list of things where uh, still the goal was to change public policy and change the laws. And these are people actually, they're very active in recruiting others to join in with them. So that's the level two. So members of level one, they, they'll talk in a public forum or privately with other people. Then level two, they wanna change in laws and public policy and they'll participate in the marches and the rallies. Level three, these are people who they protest but not necessarily in a big crowd. Most of what they do is the word that's used is used as covert, it's behind the scenes. Uh, they're looking for changes in leadership. They not only want the laws changed, they want the leaders changed. And so they tend to be the people that are in, involved in what's called, in, called lobbying legislators. That I mean, they go in and actually meet with people. They'll go to the state capitol. They'll go to the uh, mayor's office and they'll sit down with people and to, to talk about what needs to change and practically what are we going to do uh, to get this person voted out and these people voted in. Uh, they'll do things like promote boycotts. They'll be involved in social media campaigns. They are the ones who are calling for people to get fired and they to resign. So you know what I mean? They want changes in leadership, but they may not do any of that publicly. They're going behind the scenes to make that happen. That's level three. Now comes the, the level that is the most dangerous and a lot of people most of us who are involved in level one and level two they have found themselves involved in this at level four at level four these are people who are looking for a whole new government structure and in today's world they tend to be the people who are involved in the socialist movement in this country and the globalist movement now without getting into all of that i'm sure you've heard the word socialism and you may not heard so much about globalists the globalists are the ones who are seeking to establish a one world government. And you say, well, what does that have to do? And why should I be concerned with that as an African-American? Well, here's why you have to be concerned. Because the people, the individuals who are seeking to be the leaders of the one world government have no love at all for African-American people. That's uh, already uh,
1: really for people, for of, people
0: color. of color, period. Uh, another is someone from the Middle East Again, same thing. No love of people of color. Long, long history of slavery uh, among Middle Eastern people. Even today, still own slaves and they are African slaves. Many of you may not know that. There are still African slaves being enslaved by some Islamic nations nations. and some of the people who are seeking to be leaders of the one world government are coming from Islamic nations. So that's why we're concerned. (laughs) Very. Because the people who want to be the heads of the one world government hate people of color. So that's a big problem. And they are working uh, endlessly. And that's kind of, and that was, those are some of the people that are involved in these riots. The white supremacist person who wants to be head of the one world government. See what I mean? That, that, that's a problem. <laughs> And then there's other there's a, another mix of other agendas. So in the midst of, while African Americans are fighting for equality, in the mix, you've got people who are in there fighting for gay marriage, they're fighting for pro-choice, they're fighting for women's rights. Uh, the gun control battle has been introduced, immigration and all of that. And so you can see what I mean. I'm not speaking against all of these different movements. I'm just simply telling you, when you start throwing all of that in the mix, then you find yourself
1: in a battle. In a
0: battle, of, like I was just marching because yes. of George Floyd and, and Brianna and Ahmad. Yes. I wasn't there trying to march for pro choice and women's rights and gun control and all that stuff. I just came out for one reason. And that's what happens at level four. You end up with this infiltration of everybody else's stuff
1: agenda. and everybody
0: else's agenda being mixed in. And so what what happens is, These are the people who uh, they are the ones who are organizing events and activities within the agenda, somebody else's agenda. They come and slide in their stuff in the middle of what you're trying to do. And they create situations of chaos. Now, remember guys, I didn't write this because of what's going on right now. I wrote this four years ago. I put this chart together back in 2016 and we're looking at it happening right now. They create situations of chaos and they infiltrate legitimate peaceful protests to undermine those efforts. They create what the word that's used as narratives or storylines and visual messages, which is what you see on television or on the Internet. Now, instead of it being all about African-Americans protesting what's going on with police brutality. Now the narrative is all about the riots
1: and the looting and the
0: looting, and we're not even talking about what
1: the, ju- the uh, what was the purpose? For justice. Yeah,
0: so they create narrative, and that's all you see, or mostly what you see in mainstream news. They change the visual message. You only see pictures of looting now and rioting now. They changed the narrative they changed and, they, the focus. and they changed the focus to underscore, and this underscores what their true agenda is that goes back to either introducing socialism into America or ultimately to prepare America for the new world government that they want, of which people of color are not, are not, a, part they're of, not a part of that they picture. They
1: don't see us as a, being a part of they're that.
0: They're not a part of that picture. And so they're actively pushing for a new government order. That's level four. And level five is the people at the top of all of this, actively creating a new world government, a structure of socialism and globalism. Um, This is the elite group, the super, super wealthy, not just rich, wealthy. wealthy. Um, They don't
1: have to work for (laughs) them.
0: They're elite groups and individuals who have power and money to initiate, fund, and promote, control, and guide the overall process. So we felt led to share that with you. Again, not to scare you, not to panic you, but as... But as Elvin Maxine said, so you can be informed and now respond wisely and understand that when you and I say are marching for one reason, you can find yourself caught up in somebody's level four, level five mess that's got nothing to do with why we were out there. So therefore, what is the responsibility of in particularly the believer, the one who says, the Lord Jesus Christ is my savior I uh, asked him to come into my heart and into my life, and now I'm surrendering, I've surrendered my life to him, and I live my life for his purpose. Uh, then, how do we respond? Well, we feel like that's the reason why you gotta recognize when God is speaking to you, <laughs> when God is directing you. Uh, we will tell you honestly when this first happened, uh, we were definitely triggered. Uh, I was taken all the way back to when I was a little kid in the 60s. Uh, all those feelings, all that frustration, all that anger. I, like many of you, I have cried. I have, we've been up late almost every night sharing and talking with our, with our sons because they're in their thirties. Uh, and and uh, they really are having to try to work through this emotionally, mentally, because they are black men. They are the target and the center of what's happening here, and I'm not saying it's not happening to black women, because actually it's the same black men and black women. Uh, believe me, Brianna uh, is not lost in the conversation, and many black women, Sandra Bland, uh, uh, the others, many others, they're, they're not lost in this conversation. But our our sons, we're helping them navigate through this. We were up to one o'clock in the morning not just past Friday, but the Friday before that with our nieces and nephews, talking with helping them process this. Uh, because uh, this is really traumatic. This is dramatic and it's traumatic uh, for us as a people to find ourselves moving backwards in time. Uh, I mean, this is uh, Jim Crow law type of era stuff. Uh, bold, brazen murder, public, it's
1: right up on people, public murder and, shoot and
0: execution. Yeah, and ex- vigilantes ex- thinking yes. that they got the right to execute folks and all of that. So that's why everyone became so triggered, and we were too, and started posting stuff on social media. I was reposting things that other people had said, and then the Lord. I, I, one night, I went. I had a dream, and one of our sons. Had a dream too. We didn't know till we got up the next morning and we shared that we had both, God has spoken to us through dreams and really the message was, take down all that stuff that you got on social media. <laughs> Don't uncover yourself. Um, that really was the message. Don't uncover yourself. Stay underneath my covering. Uh, stay underneath my, my wisdom. Stay underneath my favor. Don't make yourself a target. Don't make yourself a target because you're putting all that stuff because the thing is, there's... When we post things on social media, you're not just simply voicing your opinion to people you know, you you are letting the enemy know what's in your heart. Because you got to understand Satan and demons and the evil forces cannot read your mind. They don't know where your thoughts are and where your heart is until you say it. And so I put out all that stuff and that let the enemy know. Ah, now I know what strings I could pull on Chris.
1: What buttons buttons
0: to push in order to get him. So if anybody that we're talking to right now, if you've been putting stuff out and it just came out of your emotions and your anger, go back and delete it. Don't let the enemy know where you are, the things that he can pull on to, to get you into your emotions and no longer listening to what God is telling you. That's what we did. The reason why I'm just telling you, as leaders, you don't tell people to do something that you ain't willing to do. So we went back and deleted all that stuff, and got with God and just began to pray. And then he gave me what to say. He gave me what to say. And basically it came down to this, that what we're trying to express is, is gonna be like this. It's like a, a, a song that takes a symphony of lives to play it, a symphony of lives, people's lives a symphony of lives to play this song, and it's gonna take the whole world to sing this song. And so that's way more than Chris and Carol could ever express, so that made me chill. I I can't get it all out, I couldn't even if I tried. It's gonna take millions upon millions of people to play their part and to sing their part in order for this to take place. And that way you aren't taking on more than what you're supposed to take and trying to do more than what you're supposed to do. Stay in your lane. Do what you're supposed to do. And so I know it wasn't a coincidence that after that, after getting my head right and my heart right, then this white family Excellent. asked us to come and talk to their son. See, if I still been in that space... <laughs> <laughs> that, that I don't, We might have gone and hurt that family even more because they were curious. Yes. And we might have crushed so that, that, that little guy's... spirit Uh, spirit and sincerity he wants to be a judge he wants to bring justice he doesn't think that this is right the way Mm -hmm. black people are being treated in this country so in his heart he wants to be a judge when he grows up that's how he wants to fix it but if my heart hadn't been right then see how i could have crushed that and so that's why we say to you recognize when god is speaking Mm -hmm. to you and when he's dealing with you and uh, one part just kind of a recap of things that we shared last time, we talked about when we're in the midst of a trial and where uh, really it's gonna take endurance and wisdom to have spiritual maturity. It takes spiritual maturity to get through times like this. Yes. And that's why we keep saying, don't get into your emotions and all up in your feelings and just feeling some type of way about everybody that's not black. Uh, or, Cause that, when you get into that, we all become
1: what you despise yeah.
0: and we already got people starting to challenge other people's blackness you know if you ain't on the front lines with us out here fighting then you ain't down with the cause like see that's immaturity yes. that's immaturity every just in the natural every country uh, that's had to defend itself knows that you can't put everybody on ground troops you got to have uh you have to have Army, there. Navy, Air Force, Marines, Special Forces. So you can't all get in the same position and fight the battle one way. So that's immature to think that way. So it takes spiritual maturity. Some people who have the word endurance, people who've been through some things and wisdom, people who didn't learn some things <laughs> to help you get through what, what where we are now. Our text last time was James, the first chapter, verses two and three where james wrote consider it nothing but joy my brothers and sisters whenever you fall into various trials and we're in one be assured that the testing of your faith through experience that's key everybody be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace he goes on to say and let endurance have its perfect uh result do a thorough work let endurance do that have its perfect result and let endurance do a thorough work in you so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith lacking in nothing and if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or a circumstance he is to ask of our benevolent god who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame and it will be given to him they didn't conclude this by saying, "But he must ask for wisdom in faith." And the reason why this is so key, as we shared last month, most people have been taught that what we're what we're doing, our instructions, we're in the midst of a trial, is to ask God for what we want in faith, and that's usually God, just get me out of this trial. But James Ashley said, when we're in the midst of a trial, see so this this is the scriptural basis from where Elder Maxine, when she made that statement, you. Ask for wisdom when you're in the midst of a trial and you ask in faith without doubting God, meaning whatever God tells you to do, don't doubt him. Do what he's telling you. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person ought ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways. And that all his ways mean in everything he thinks, everything he feels, everything he decides. He's always unstable and restless. And again, kind of bringing some scripture, balance to this scripture. <clears throat> For those who may have been not been taught this so correctly, many people have been told that a double-minded person is a person who is saved one day, not saved the next day, going back and forth whether you want to be saved or not. It's not what James was writing about he was saying the person in the middle of a trial must ask God for wisdom and when God gives you that wisdom do what he's telling you don't doubt what he's telling you and it's because if you doubt what he's telling you you're going to end up being like the surges of the sea which are tossed about by the wind By the, the water is literally tossed about by the wind You'll be like that. You'll be double-minded. What do you mean by double-minded? You'll be battling between what I want to do versus what God is telling me to do. So using what's going on, and we're not telling you don't go protest, but what if God says don't go protest today? Well, I want to go. I'm going anyway. And if you go and you find yourself caught up in something that you could have avoided, because that's the one day, that's the one day That's some criminal in the crowd, that's a whole other element that's out there too, everybody. Not only do you got the organized groups, you also got the criminal element that's already in our communities. We all know the folks who are dealing drugs and they're gangsters, and not only the, the, you know, what many people outside of the African-American community still don't understand is that the police are scared of those guys and we scared of those guys. (laughs) But our problem is don't come into the neighborhood when we tell you something that's going on, don't come in guns blazing right. without finding out who is who. <laughs> don't shoot up all the kids right. and arrest all the kids, find out who the kids are. That's what our issue has been. Side note, come back Chris, I'm about to get triggered. And so, uh, so you'll find yourself out there at the wrong place at the wrong time because you didn't follow the, the Lord's wisdom and you end up becoming unstable and restless because, You're at the wrong place at the wrong time, and now you're questioning in God. God, why you let this happen to me? I don't know if I could ever trust you again. Like, I actually told you not to go. Yeah, so that's what leads to that unstableness and restlessness, because you get into doubting God, second-guessing God, doing what you want to do, then you reap the consequence of it, and then you start questioning God. And that's where many people are in the world today, especially here in America. They did not receive wisdom for God, from God. From God. They didn't, and they went not do what they wanted to do. They suffered the consequences of it. And we talked about that question that people had, why does God let things happen the way they do? I wonder how many billions of times over God has spoken to people, told them, don't go here, don't go there, don't do this, or do this, or do that, and they didn't okay. do it, and they made the wrong choice, and God didn't stop them from making their choice. Does he stop you? God doesn't stop you from making the choices you want to make and he's not going to stop them. And so we end up with a society that's double-minded. I want you to see that today. America on a whole is double-minded, unstable and restless in all its ways in the way America thinks, in the way American feels, in the way America make decisions. Why? Because Boy, this, really, this message is really resonating with this theme today, because you won't pray. We won't pray and ask God. Uh, one of the most disturbing things that we kept seeing surging through, in through social media this past week was people tweeting and posting, prayer don't do any good. Why pray? Prayer doesn't make any difference. We need to see actions. Well, This scripture tells us what happens when you go forth with actions without prayer. You end up unstable, restless, and everything you think, everything you feel, everything you decide. So prayer is not just passively asking God for stuff that you want. Prayer is not venting and just getting stuff off of your chest to God. How about this? Prayer is not grabbing a scripture and telling God, you got to do this in Jesus' name. <laughs> Prayer is actually a conversation. Even after I bring my petitions to God, I bring my strong reasonings to God. I say what I want to say, I get it off my chest. But then you got to stop. And then you got to listen. And then when He brings scriptures to your mind, if you don't know what that scripture means, then it's time to now find somebody. look it up up yourself find somebody that can help you find out what that scripture because god speaks everybody he'll bring something to your remembrance it may be from something from long ago i don't even know how to quote all that scripture but i know something keeps coming to my mind so take the time to find out what that means and what god is saying to you and when you get it like james says now don't doubt it don't doubt it don't second guess god with what he's telling you obey him so that was the essence of what we've been sharing with, with all of, with, their, with, our, with our family uh, and all of you of how to get through this. That's what we ended up sharing with our nieces and nephews and with our own sons that we got to pray and you got to believe God and you have to accept whatever it is that he's telling us. One of the conclusions that we came to, and this is nowhere in our notes today, <laughs> one of the conclusions that we came to as a family in our last conversation was this. And that is, just as we watched that police officer snuff out that man's execute life him. and literally execute him. Um, and he did it arrogantly and defiantly. Um, well now we're praying and saying, God, judge that man, send your judgment and judge all police forces across the country. And so one of the things that we said, okay, now stop and think about what we're asking. Because if God sends his judgment to America, it ain't going to just be for the police. (laughs) It's going to be for all of us who still got that kind of an attitude toward God and toward other people, just like that officer. Who have you and I murdered with our tongues? I know I shouldn't say this. I know I shouldn't do it. But I'm going to do it anyway. Because that was that guy's attitude. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I don't care what nobody says. And so what if any of us, if you've got that type of attitude towards God, got that type of attitude towards your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, your coworkers, classmates. I'm doing this. I'm going to say this. Yeah. i I'm, Lord. I know. I hear you I telling me. I know it's wrong. I know I shouldn't be doing it, but I'm doing this. See, that's what God is after in America. Bible calls that iniquity. It's a perversion. It's a twist that's inside of us. We were born with it. The Bible says we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity shaped with an attitude of even though I know this is wrong, I'm going to do it anyway. So if God sends his judgment to America, it ain't gonna just going to be for
1: the police. police.
0: So can you stand up, can you and I stand up to the scrutiny of God because his judgment is just his judgment. He, whatever's right and wrong. And so now I'm not saying we should let this guy off. We're just saying the same justice that we're calling for and accountability that we're calling for, and it must be in our criminal justice system. And it must be in law enforcement. It also must be in the church, in the house of God, in the family of God, in our own families, in our own relationships, in our own hearts. That's what we're talking about. And part of what brings us to that is understanding what it really means to know when God is speaking to us. We talked about uh, when, when uh, James says, when we ask God for wisdom to ask in faith, well, what is faith? What does God mean by faith? What, what did James meant when he said ask in faith? Well, it, it meant this, faith always involves three things. You guys, you're going to hear us saying this month after month after month after month because we got to get this. Faith is not just claiming what you want and demanding that God gives it to me. Faith is not just emotionally and psychologically holding on to something real strong until it happens. Faith will always involve God gives me insight first. In other words, God speaks to me. And then I come into agreement with what God speaks to me. And then I obey what God speaks to me. That's what faith is. If you're not operating, if you and I are not operating based upon God has told something God has told us to do or given us insight or revelation or understanding about, if we're not operating in agreement with that understanding and revelation, God's point of view (laughs) is basically what it means. And if we're not obeying, then we're not in faith then what are we in, uh, Chris and Carol? Well, you might be in uh, a wishful desire. I'm just kind of wishing that it happens. Uh, I may be involved in something that's really narcissistic. It's really all about me, self-centered. Blind ambition. And did you know that blind ambition and human determination can make you a champion in this world? It can make you a six-time NBA basketball champion. Just sheer determination and will. But that's not operating insight from God, in agreement with God, and in obedience to God. Because what God is ultimately after is for, he wants a family, he wants children (laughs) to love him, just like us as parents want our children, we want to have a relationship. I think it's just a beautiful dynamic as we went from our our little ones being infants and then toddlers, and then they moved into adolescence and the teenage years and young adults and then independent operating adults, young men, and the dynamics of our relationship with them, where I went from just being a uh, daddy to was one of the dad. And like one of my sons said, we're like friends now. That's what we wanted. We're like friends now, but I w- it wasn't like friends growing up though. I was Daddy <laughs> and Daddy, we had certain rules that you got to follow, and this is how I'm getting you ready for real life. Um, and the same thing, the reason why I'm saying this because that's how it is with God. Is we're growing up in God. there are certain things we don't like. We don't like some of the rules or the regulations or the precepts. But it's just like as you were raising our children. You're not going to let your you're not going to let your ten year old drive the car. One day you will, but you're not going to do that now. And it's the same thing with God. There are certain things that we're, we're naming and claiming and speaking forth. And God, let me drive the car. I, I'm going to do this in Jesus' name. And we're like, no, you're not. You're not mature enough for that yet. You're not ready for that yet. And so we thought that faith was telling God what we want and what we're going to do. And he got to do it because his word says. I mean, you parents out there uh, uh, have had moments where your kids said well mama you said daddy you said and so remember that that rise up that came up in you (laughs) and unfortunately we tend to do that uh even with god uh sometimes when i was what's what's the word we used to use say when your children start smelling themselves you get too big for your britches and you'd be like my mama you said you know, can I go to the store? No, you can't go right now. Well, you said I could. Well, so see, right? <laughs> and we do that to God. Well, God, your word says, and you're like, hold up, I know what my word says. I am the word, but I also know what I meant when I said it. Yep. And remember, and we know how irritated we got as parents when our children quote our words back to us without quoting the meaning. Context. Of what we said, the context in which we said. Yep. And so now you go back. I said, We'll go to the store if out. you do these things. There were
1: conditions. There were
0: conditions on that promise to go to, or buy you this or to do that. And unfortunately, what we do with God, we start making these demands and we forgot that He said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask. You know, oh, Well, I forgot about that part. (laughs) I forgot about that part. And so I hear what we're saying today. uh, And I'm getting ready to stop. I won't go through all the slides. Maybe we'll get to it next time. But I just hear the Lord saying to us, he's giving us wisdom for this season that we're in. Obviously, these things are dear to our heart uh, as black and brown people. These issues are absolutely dear to our heart, but we don't want to end up being some of those winds and waves. If you look in the spirit with me right now and you see those pictures, especially those big overhead pictures where they show the massive amount of crowd, doesn't it look like a wave? Just look like massive waves and rivers streaming of people. Well, I don't want to be caught up in a stream and a wave that's not of God. I don't want emotions. That becomes the win. I don't want to be have, uh, you know, my emotions and my feelings to get me caught up in something that's not of God. There are many peaceful protests that are taking place. I love them. What I started doing was start posting the things that I saw many churches doing. Uh, coming out on the street, uh, they brought out the speakers and everything, and they've been march- marching through their neighborhoods, lifting up praise and worship to the Lord. And you know, they didn't go downtown to the big protests. They just went to their immediate neighborhood. See what I mean about staying in your lane? They just went to their neighborhood and marched around the block around their church and just lifted up praise to God and prayed for their community. I don't know how many of you saw this one church gathered together at the site where the murder took place. They brought out food and they just began to love on the people. Just minister to them and pray for the people at the very sight. Yeah. And do you not know that people got saved? People's hearts began to melt and they got saved. And somebody took a picture of it with the whole crowd with their hands lifted up at the very sight. So that's why I said for us as God's people, don't, don't let the emotions and the frustration and the pain of what we've gone through as a people get us off track with what God wants to do. Let's stay in our lanes, go where he says go. For us, he said, uh, he, he didn't even let us go to uh, in Harrisburg. Yesterday, several pastors and churches and leaders met at the Capitol steps. Well, as it was, we already had a previous obligation that we had committed to to be a part of something helping with the contest at at the high school or with the high school online. And so we were with that. And in the midst of that, this family had invited us to come to their house. So our lane yesterday wasn't even to go and join with all the other believers at the Capitol steps to pray. God wanted us to go to one white family, and answer the questions they for had. a little kid. Well,
1: they had, and they fish had, fish they had
0: questions too. So you see what I mean? Go where God says go. For mom, it was like, just I, I the neighbor, I've just been cleaning the neighborhood, and they caught on. And they start cleaning the neighborhood, and they even cut her grass. I want you guys to understand, mom, she didn't, it wasn't even something she was looking for. She wasn't looking for them to get the point She just wanted them to clean their own yard. (laughs) But God took it a step further, and they cut her grass because she stayed in her lane. Go where God says, says go. Do what God says do. So uh, how many of you you hear us today? Say, Lord, I don't want to be like those waves that are tossed around by the wind, tossed around by the mood of the moment and by anger and by hurt and by unforgiveness and by bitterness. Yes, we want justice. But first of all, Lord, we want to do what your word says, that my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. That's what we want to do. I want to humble myself. I want to pray and seek your face. Turn from the wickedness that's in me. God, whatever level of wickedness that's in me that we all, that the whole world saw, and that police officer got every bit of wickedness that's in me, like what was in him, I, I surrender it to you. I don't want no attitude like that. I don't want my kids to have an attitude like that. I don't want my spouse to have an attitude like that. We don't want that in our household. Even as Black people, as as, uh, as, as Latin people, as Asian people, We don't want an attitude of vengeance. The Lord says vengeance is mine. Vengeance is God's, everybody. It's his. And in the fullness of time, he's going to bring about his vengeance. I know it seems like it takes too long. God, it takes you too long. (laughs) But I don't want to be like Jonah. Remember Jonah? He was so angry at the Ninevites that when God sent him to go give them a word, I don't want to give them a word. Cause God, I want you to strike them down. I want them up. Yeah, that's where they are. And so, if there's anything in you that says to us, that's, that's saying to you, God, I want every policeman that was ever ever brutal or unfair and that's unjust uh, and abusive. I want them all to die and go to hell. Then, then, like Jesus told Peter, like that. That's not that. That's not from me. You don't know what
1: spirit. You, you don't know
0: what spirit you're operating in. That's not me. God is always, ultimately, he wants their soul. He wants them saved. He wants them delivered. And yes, they will still pay the price. Yes. Yeah, you still going to jail. You
1: still have consequences.
0: You still got consequences. When we say God's going to forgive people, that don't mean they ain't going to jail. you still going to pay for what you did. But you will be a saved man in jail. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make, make light of it, but yeah. that's it. You'll be saved. Ultimately, you'll go to heaven, but you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. And maybe in prison, God will use you to get some other people saved out of your testimony. See, that's how God thinks. That's how kingdom is. It's completely different from us. The Bible says God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Because God is always looking from the standpoint of eternity. Even all of what we're going through right now don't even compare to eternity. He doesn't even want us to be so focused on what's happening in this life. Life is real short, everybody. It's like a vapor, like steam going up. You see it for a few seconds and then it's gone. And we would have invested all of our time and energy and everything into a little drop of water compared compared to the ocean of eternity. And so he's trying to change all of our perspectives. Stop trying to invest all of, even the issue of justice. Don't wrap up and make justice the total theme of your life. Righteousness. God is also a God of righteousness, righteousness and justice. So it's not either or. There's going to be justice, but I'm talking about your heart being right. I'm talking about your, you having a right stand before me So there will be justice But I want to But God executes righteous justice It's going to be right Everybody hear me, To hear us today God's going to make sure that people are going to pay they going to pay But he paid the price for their soul And he wants their soul Thank you Lord so, Lord, just join together, just right there where you are. If this is you today and this word has found you, just, just be willing to admit and say, yeah, God, Lord, I've just been wanting revenge. I've been calling it justice, but really, really what I want is revenge. <laughs> I want an eye for an eye. I want a tooth for a tooth. That's what I want. But, Lord, I hear you today speaking to me in my heart. Thank you, Lord. I hear you talking to me. And I surrender to you, I surrender my heart to you, my life to you, even if you've done it before, just do it fresh and anew right now. Just be honest with the Lord God. These last few days, these last couple of weeks, my heart's really gotten tainted a little bit with some bitterness and some anger, unforgiveness. unforgiveness. Thank you, Lord. This is something that Carol often shares especially to uh, women who have been through abusive situations. She shares with them that forgiving the abuser doesn't mean uh, they're gonna get away with it. It doesn't mean that they're gonna get away with it. Forgiving your abuser's gonna make you okay. It doesn't make what they did okay. Hear everybody. Forgiving people doesn't make it okay. It makes you okay. So you can move on with your life. So, Lord, we release every abusive police officer that we have even encountered. Mm -hmm. The ones who stopped me. Mm -hmm. Come on, let's be real, everybody. The one who stopped me and harassed me, Mm -hmm. I release them, Lord. I release them into your hands. I take them out of my hands because you know better what to do with them than I do. (laughs) You know how to handle it way better than I do. Thank you, Lord. Do you know if we release some of these people, that that's going to give the Spirit of God a chance to actually start dealing with them in their sleep, dealing with them in their conscience? They can get away from us, but you can't get away from God. Nope. So everybody just say, Lord, I release them into your hand. Every single one. Every single every one of single them that hurt me, that took advantage of me. And now go to coworkers people who kept you from getting promoted on the job. Boy, I hear God speaking. People who took advantage of you, neighbors who were just unruly, unkind. Lord, for every time the N-word was used against me and it hurt me, I released them, Lord, into your hands. Thank you, Lord. For all of us, there's been so many things, we can't even name it all. We can't. We can't even name it all. It's just been so much. But you know what? God wants to heal all of us today so that we can be okay, so that as we are coming into the freedom, and dare I say it, even the prosperity that's coming to African Americans, so that we don't kill ourselves with the prosperity. Because some of you, you know, if you're still embittered and angry, we will squander all of the blessings that god will give us and then we'll start attacking each other because that's what happens the focus would just simply go from our shared enemy to then we start going after each other and then it becomes a class war even amongst african americans we got a lot of that going on anyway the educated versus the uneducated those who moved into rich and wealth versus the ones who are in poverty but we'll just be in an all-out class war among African-Americans if we don't get this out of our hearts. Thank you, Lord. And we'll just reverse the roles, then we become the abusers. Thank you, Lord, and I, I don't want that. I don't, I don't wanna become the abuser. I don't wanna become, you heard Pastor Carroll say that, I don't wanna become what I despise. But that's what'll happen if we don't walk in forgiveness and in humility. Thank you, Lord. So I'm not going to wait for the apology to come from white people first. By the time they apologize, and hear me, you guys, the apologies are coming. The apologies are coming. But if our hearts aren't right, we'll slap down the apologies. And instead of receiving it, we'll be like, well, it's about time. Well, how I know. Well, I'm just gonna wait and see if you're gonna change first. See that that I expect that from people that don't know God, but for those of us who we know him, yeah, we're called by his name. He don't want us responding to people like that. Well, it's about time. He wants us to just okay, I received that. I receive that. It's perfect place for communion. <laughs> thank you lord is that you received that right now just say yes lord just everybody just kind of wave at us where you are say lord i received that thank you lord